Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to the first inaugural episode of the That's Hockey Talk podcast with myself, your host, Nick Moraldo, Jeffrey Gorman over here Nick. to my left. Good morning, or, you know, good afternoon is what I'm saying. I like this chipper, upbeat, we're talking hockey, Nick Moraldo. Well, I had a coffee and an Adderall today, so you know I'm feeling good. We got Zito, Viva La Zito, running the ones and twos back there. Uh, not the biggest hockey guy, but a big Chicago guy, Blackhawks. And we are out of producers. Great point. Uh, this show, thanks to the one and only Pat McAfee, is going to be a good dose of hockey talk for your ears. Especially uh, this time of year, Nick, because we are close to the start of the race, and you know what I'm talking about. Very close to the playoffs. Uh, Pat always allows a few seconds, maybe a minute or two, of hockey talk on his show. Uh, this time of year, that's not enough. We need a little more. So thanks to him, he threw us the keys. He said, here you go. Uh, go nuts. So we're going to put this out uh, at least once, maybe twice a week once the playoffs start to yes, keep sir. you updated on everything that's going on, give you our opinions. Uh, we're also going to be joined from time the time by our guy out there in Arizona, A.Q. Shipley, center for the Arizona Cardinals. Football player, obviously. What does he know about hockey? Hockey nut job. Big time hockey guy. Grew up in Pittsburgh like myself, a fan of the Penguins, but follows all the teams, especially since he's been rehabbing his knee this year. He's got a lot of time on his hands. He's watched a lot of hockey games. And speaking of, let's get right into it. Uh, Last night, I went on Bro 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 Bets yesterday, our gambling podcast, and I told everyone, take the Leafs. Yep. They got the Blackhawks tonight. Take the Leafs and the over. There you go. Okay. Uh, wow. Mm-hmm. What a game. 5 nothing, Chicago <laughs> in the middle of the second. Uh, could not have been a worse look for me. But here we are. I kind of saved myself because I'm, I'm riding the trend, obviously, of the Hawks in the overs. Uh, listen to this, guys. 16 consecutive games without hitting an under came to an end with a 2-1 to win over Dallas a few nights ago. Uh, the insane run of overs for the Blackhawks, not just the first period overs, we're talking total games overs. 25 of the last 27 games for Chicago have gone over. They love the to play loose there. Playing very loose. You know, they're still trying to get into the playoffs. It doesn't look like they're going to make it. They're right on the outside looking in, but they are giving it everything they've got playing run and gun here. Uh Gorms, have you ever seen anything like this? No, and I, I buried Chicago about three weeks ago. Buried them. I had hate mail from Blackhawk fans all over. No chance of the playoffs. Zero chance. Sorry, guys. It's just not adding up. And here they go on a run. Four points back of a playoff spot. They got about uh, they got 10 games left. Or excuse me, they got 12 games left. Now I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm cowering in the corner a little bit. These guys are scaring me. And I got to stick with it. Chicago, I, I, you know, I'm just going to stick with what I said. You're not getting to the playoffs. But what a great run in the second half. And then just to jump into last night, I don't know if you saw it or not, but the Leafs eventually came back. Okay. They crawled back into that game. They ended up losing five to four. But at one point in the third period, when the Leafs were pushing, uh, Delia, Blackhawks backup goalie, mm-hmm. bumps into the net. Did he do it on purpose? Did he not do it on purpose? I don't know. But he definitely got his foot wedged in there and his skate and gave that post a bump, and it came right off the moorings while the uh, Leafs were pressuring in the zone. Very questionable there. Controversial. But the Hawks escape with the win and get the over again. I mean, I'm I'm riding this till the end of the season. Even these over-unders, they're sitting at seven still. You know, a lot (laughs) beginning of the year, a lot of these games were coming in at five, five and a half. Now you're seeing them at six and a half, seven, and they're still hitting. It's absolutely insane to me. And here's part of the reason why Alex DeBrinkett got his 38th of the season last night. I don't think anyone saw him coming into this season as a 40 goal oh guy. Gosh. You know, a lot of times you sniff 30 and you're like, okay, that guy, that guy can snipe. You can do it all. Blah blah blah. You get to 40, that's elite territory. You know, that's we're talking Ovechkin, we're talking Stamkos, we're talking Kucherov. 
We're talking Sid the Kid. Yeah, and then obviously Patrick Kane, hell of a second half of the season. Uh, listen to this. The point leaders in the calendar year of 2019, okay? Patrick Kane, this was as of a couple days ago. Patrick Kane, 48 points in 28 games. Kucherov, 46 points in 30 games. Brad Marchand, 44 and 31. Crosby, 42 and 31. McDavid, 40 points in 27 games. And his teammate, Dreisaitl, 40 and 30. Uh, Here's some more fun facts for you. This season, 12% of the games have been won by a team that trailed by multiple goals. This gave me hope last night. I thought the Leafs might come back. According to the NHL, that is the highest number in history. 43% 43% of the games feature a comeback win of at least one goal, the second highest ever. Overall, the total lead changes 443, and third period lead changes 89 are the most since the return from the lockout in 2006. The 29 lead changes in the final 10 minutes of regulation are the most since the mid 90s. You know what that means? Fun hockey. That's yes, what that means. Yes, exactly. Scoring's up. We are back. In it, it feels like the '80s again, almost in the sense of run and gun roller coaster hockey, but it's still good hockey. You know, it, it, they're finding right now this nice, perfect balance between systematic defense and still filling the net and being entertaining games to watch. You know, I love a two-one game as much as anyone, but the less of those, the better. Let's be honest, goals are what puts the asses in the seats. How about how about some more? Let me just go over some goal leaders real quick. I mean, not that you know, Connor McDavid. Going at 34, Patrick Kane at 41 right now. But then you get down to the guys like you're like, wait, wait, who? Braden Point. Okay, we know what Steven Stamkos is going to do. We know what Ovi's going to do. Tavares up in Toronto, 39 goals. I love this stuff. There's guys and this. I'm, I'm just going to be transparent. There's guys that I haven't heard of that have 35 plus goals. That's what it's all about, baby. <laughs> <laughs> here's why. I mean, you know, here's why. Listen, 6.1 goals per game average this year is the highest since the lockout and second since the mid 90s. Even strength goals account for. 77% of scoring, the highest number in 41 years. Why is that important? Because you're not just relying on the power play for goals. It's not just a gimmick. You know, the sweeter the or the the more you squeeze the berry, the more juice you get. Mm-hmm. Some stupid old saying like that like you that. olds like to say. Yeah. This is what's going on because you're not juicing the power play all the time. You're not relying on penalties being called to juice the scoring stats. We're getting even strength goals, which is important. Everyone loves a good power play. You like to see the fancy goals, but you need the even strength goals. Okay, let me tell. Let me ask you this: playoff stuff, playoff start. Is that tight? Is that drum become tighter and tighter and scoring goes down in the playoffs? I'm just saying historically. Give me a guess. Right yes, now. Yep. and I would think so too. But I really don't know. This year has kind of been an anomaly, and I like it. I mean, they they reduced the goalies' pads a little bit. They didn't really do anything too drastic in terms of rule changes the past couple off seasons. It seems like uh, guys are just finding the net much more with much more regularity and i for one love it let's talk about this mcdavid hit 100 points last night okay kucherov was already at 100 remember a couple years ago when jamie ben led the league (laughs) in scoring and wins the art ross with like 87 points something like that and we thought we thought okay here it is you know hockey's going back to the dead puck era but we were wrong thankfully and rightfully we're back with 100 point guides kane is at 99 he's gonna hit 100 you're gonna have 300 point guys yep Hey, don't count out Sid the Kid. I mean, there's about 10, 12 games left. He's Sid's, at 90 right Sid, now. Sid, Johnny Hockey, uh, they're both at 90 points with about 12 games to go, so easily attainable if they keep playing at the same pace. I want to say this, though. 
this needs to happen for my sake. I wrote a couple blogs earlier this year. I was very high on Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen well, of the Colorado Avalanche. Hey, 35 goals for McKinnon. They were lighting it up first half of the season, and I said, this is the year both of these guys are going to break 100 points. Well, we got 12 games left, and they're at 87 and 86, respectively. So going to need a big push from them down the stretch to get there and make me not look like a jackass. You're, you're close. but i'm holding out hope for those guys and for colorado you know i don't think they're going to get into the playoffs this year but they're taking steps in the right direction uh they got a good young core there uh let's talk about something a little close near and dear to my heart pens caps the other night How about that hell of a game pens go down early come back win uh exciting goals back and forth murray back on his a game playing well but the caps still had a couple chances where they hit some posts and uh, what are you doing? I mean, he had half a net open late in the game and just flipped it over the top of the crossbar. I was like, that's not going to happen. Ovi that happens one out of 10 times. Yeah. That's what kind of game that was. Yeah. You don't want to leave that guy in that situation wide open, but somehow he always is somehow he is always open with a shot. No one in the lane and he'll blow it by anyone in there. Uh, and that's a scary team, Nick. I know that you, I know your pillow says Pittsburgh Penguins on it. I know how you, you feel about that team. They're getting scary right now, and that should scare the rest of the NHL. Uh, yeah, I think they're getting hot at the right time, which is good. But I think everyone knows we're going to look at the second round of the playoffs as a Pens-Caps matchup. Let's go! Uh, and rightfully so. It's tradition, right? It's spring. You think of spring, you think of the Masters, and I think of Pens-Caps. I don't Let's know about go, you, baby. but you're probably a little jaded, sick of it by now. Uh, all right, speaking of Pens-Caps, one thing more I wanted to touch on on that is uh, the trade deadline. The Penguins obviously acquire Eric Branson. I shit all over the deal at the time, not because of what they gave up, but because of the player they're bringing in. You know, he's a big physical stay-at-home defenseman. Not the best stats, not the best Corsi advanced There's stats. There's some money tied to him. If you want to get into that, he's got some money. Uh, has not been well-liked by the fan bases wherever he's went. Anytime you sign a, or you sign or trade for a guy and the first couple things that are said about him are, he's a great team guy. Great locker room guy, big presence. Okay, what? Where is the actual hockey? Where is he good at? What? what help me out here. What? 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 So hesitant, right? We're a little hesitant bit. at best. But I've been doing this thing lately, and it's been going on for about let's say a year and a half now. Where anything I bury or I trash seems to turn to gold. Oh, really? Okay. okay. I went at the Caps hard last year. They win the cup. I've been going to Cleveland for a while now. They're turning their team around. I trashed good Branson when the Pens got him, and he's playing some of the best hockey of his career right now at a time when the Pens need it the most because Latang is still out with the injury. He took down Tom Wilson. Yeah, they got like into that. a little scrap in front, and that's exactly what GMJR, I believe, had the intention of when they traded for this guy was a physical presence to take some pressure off the stars of the team and handle Tom Wilson because you know that playoff matchup is It's coming. fun when these guys come to a new team and they got about three weeks left in the season and the trade deadline's over now and stuff like that. Play with shit, play like shit. And all of a sudden, you put them in a, a situation, a locker room like like your team, like Pittsburgh, and all of a sudden, everybody gets better around that guy. So well, that's a perfect example. Exactly. And then you look at what uh, the Capitals did. They had Carl Hagelin, who had kind of fallen out of favor in Pittsburgh. He gets traded to L.A. Uh, you know he's not going to stay there. They're probably going to try and flip him because he's a rental. And then the Caps pick him up, and he's been playing great since he's been back with the Caps. So he's kind of rejuvenated again. Uh, where I was getting to with the Tom Wilson and Eric at Branson thing is – we kind of had this thought the other day. We would talk about the most hated player in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got a couple guys here, and I want to know your personally most hated guy. But these seem to be the most popular most hated players. Let's talk Brad Marchand in Boston. Hated. He's such a little rat, but he's so damn good. <laughs> you know, you want him. You so want him. damn good. You he's kind of toned down 
the pot stirring and the shit stirring and just kind of focused on his offensive game. And he, I mean, he's one of the best right now going. P.K. Subban. Oh, I love P.K. I, I like him too, but it, for whatever it, reason, he gets a lot of hate. Very few people like P.K. Subban. In Nashville, loved. He's like the second son of the city. But anywhere else he goes, I mean, I'm sorry, I'll put that at 90%. I'm just grabbing out of thin air here. 90% of NHL fans do not like P.K. Subban. Well, he's the kind of guy, and you could say that about most of the guys we're going to list here, that you would love to have on your team, but you hate to play against. Boom. And I think in P.K.'s case it's so much about the personality and the chirping and the talking and the dynamic flashiness on the ice that people just can't stand and i mean he'll get on your skin a little bit too he's not afraid to give it out crosby obviously you guys all hate him (laughs) i get it i get it if he wasn't on my team i'd probably hate him too go to hell sid Uh, and i love you and i love you i mean it's fun watching you play but if you're not on my team go to hell sid a little bit of an underrated guy in this list is probably patrick hornquist always in a goalie's grill always in front of that making life hell for the goalies and defensemen he takes a beating he dishes it back out too uh antoine roussel he's a bastard nazim kadri up in toronto he'll chirp you he'll hit you he'll he'll give you a little whack uh dustin brown the la kings a little bit of an old school guy loves to throw the body around he's annoying as hell matt kachuk in calgary keith's son right he is hated man he will get under your skin he will do whatever it takes uh and then kind of a forgotten soul here Corey perry that guy out Tell in Anaheim. Corey Perry. Just give me a quick background. He it, stick work, man. Stick work and elbows. That's what Corey Perry does. Okay, <laughs> he'll carve you up. All right. He's not scoring as much as he used to, and that used to piss people off. But Gorms, who you got? Who is your guy that you just can't stand to see? Can whenever I, can I go present day or can I go just pass? Anything. Okay, yeah, pass is great too. It, it starts and ends with Claude Lemieux of the Colorado <laughs> And this is a 20-year-old resentment, I guess you'd call it, that us Wings fans, and by the way, props to the Wings, only about 19 points out uh, from the last playoffs. Hey, spot, they're so. rebuilding. We get it. <laughs> no, what I'm saying, Claude Lemieux, of course we're going back to the a Chris... tale as old as time. Oh, the Chris Draper hit where he literally broke his face in 40 different places with his, you know, when he's kissing the wall, Claude Lemieux came back. And of course we know what happened after Draper off the ice, Darren McCarty for the next couple, five, six, seven, ten dozen times they played they go Claude Lemieux turtling and everything and Claude Lemieux one of my I want him on my team he's one of those guys yeah. but if he was walking down the street right now I wouldn't even acknowledge he him. could I mean, score it's, man it's still he was... that way and there was talk there was rumblings of after everything went down the catastrophic Chris Draper hit and then the McCarty battles and stuff that the Wings were looking to add Claude Lemieux. Oh, could you imagine? And, oh, no, and I couldn't. And I think the front office just said, flip that guy, man. Uh-uh, no chances he's coming to Detroit. And that only happens, in my opinion, in a sport like hockey. Because if we're talking baseball, we're talking football, it's, there, there's bad blood. They'll be like, yeah, they'll figure it out in the locker room. Not with Lemieux against the Red Wings. No chance. Uh, speaking of Claude, his kid, actually, Brandon, Brandon Lemieux, uh, got a major penalty for a hit on one of the guys on this list. Antoine Roussel, we talked, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Like father, like son, obviously. Apple doesn't fall for, too far from the tree. Uh, for me, I'm going to surprise a little bit. I'm going to go with the guy who's probably not so much hated for the dirty stuff because yep. I think he's a relatively clean player. Uh, it's David Krejci of the Boston Bruins, which let me tell you, this guy, he's a penguin killer. He scores in every single game you hate him. that the Bruins play against Pittsburgh. 28 points in 36 games and he shoot against Pittsburgh, and he's shooting at 20% which is absurd. Most guys' career average is around 10. No kidding. This guy's doubling it when he's Every playing Every five Pittsburgh. shots, he's scoring one of them. Yeah, and he's just such a little skinny 
Fuck. Say it. You know, you just want to smash his face into the boards because he just puts up numbers and he's consistent. Great two-way player. Are you wearing his jersey next year if somehow, some way he ends up in the on the pens? I mean, there's not a <laughs> chance that hell he ends up in Pittsburgh. But uh, I'm sure they love him in Boston. But fuck, man, he he just a thorn in the side. Zito, yep. is there someone that you just can't stand? Come on, Z. Um, Eddie Shore. <laughs> I looked up a list. <laughs> I just thought it was a cool name. He was like top five. Hey, sure. way to go back there, man. Digging deep in the archives. I respect it. Well, there's, uh, there's a top five list right here. And uh, it goes Dale Hunter. That's Oh, yeah, man. Name. Dale Hunter with the caps. He was a mean son of a bitch. Uh, we have Eddie Shore, number four. Number three, Dave Schultz. Davey Schultz, the hammer from Philly. Number two, very weird name. Ulf Samuelson. Ulf Samuelson, man, yeah. former Penn. Yeah, they hate him in Boston. He busted up Cam Neely's knee. They never got over that one. Number one, Sean Avery. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. I mean, I mean what, a, what a wacko. But you know what? I, another guy, I want him on my team. Don't know if I want him in my locker room because he was so. Hell no. He was off the reservation a few times, but man. What, he was what, a wing there what for a, a while. What a grinder. I know. What a grinder. I think he broke in with those good wings teams in he the did. early 2000s, and then, you know, he he went on to make a name for himself in every way possible, calling Brodor Fatso, getting in his face, waving the stick Ranger around. Ranger fans love him. Uh, but yeah, I tell you what, the Rangers need a guy like that now. I know they're rebuilding, but they need someone. They need a catalyst like that. What about, let me, let me throw this at you quickly, okay? Because you know more about this sport than I do. Ty Domi, we all know yeah. about his, you know, his resume, hated around the league. Is there any residual for hockey fans in North America and the world, for that matter, that, that bring that hatred to his kid? I'm sure there are. You know what I mean? I, you know I'm not I mean? one of those people that's going to hate uh, Max for what player. is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he, he got traded to Montreal. He started his career in Arizona, kind of struggled a little bit in his second, third year, something like that. He's in Montreal now, and he's lighting it up, having a great year for them. Uh, Ty Domi, obviously the great former Leaf. Buddies with Lemieux. He pals around with Lemieux. He's always at Penn's games. Uh, I think it's tough. I know, obviously, I didn't hate the Leafs back in the day. I didn't have, like, a strong rivalry with them or anything growing up. So I had no real hate for Ty Domi. I still remember him laying a hit on Scott Niedemeyer, though, sticking his oh, elbow out oh. and damn near paralyzing Scott Niedemeyer. Dirty, dirty, dirty as hell. And that was kind of wicked. But I never had the, like, passion or hate for the Domies. And, man, I don't know. you got to be a real son of a bitch to, uh, to hate on the kid for what the father's done. <laughs> I mean, they're there. You know a rabid hockey fan. <laughs> But all right, here, let's wrap this show up uh, with what we're going to try and do every show here to keep you updated on where the playoff standings are. And let's take a look at some of the matchups here as the season winds down with only 12 games left to go. You want to start out in the West? We've got, uh, well, I'm going to just bring it down to two teams right now with Minnesota, it's trailing Arizona by a point. Is Arizona. Okay, so we're talking wild card here. Right. Is, is Arizona going to make the playoffs? And I'd love to, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch on this with, with AQ because he's right in their backyard right there. But, uh, you know, Minnesota uh, trailing Arizona by one point and Colorado by three points is trailing Arizona. So I'm just going to concentrate on Minnesota and Colorado right now. I mean, this is the biggest crapshoot of all time between these three teams, right? These teams are, they're just, there's no consistency to them and uh, in Minnesota's case you don't know what they're trying to do they've got a mix of older players and they've got a mix of younger players and they've always had just this mediocre team where they don't have really these high-end difference makers they lose Miko Koivu uh, this year to injury and when a guy like that goes down that really hurts they made some interesting moves at the deadline swapping players with Nashville so 
I, I've never loved Minnesota. I don't love them this year. I would like to see Arizona pull this out. You would. And ride it. Yeah, if yeah, why that, not? If they do that, that means Chicago's definitely out. Because I don't Chicago, think Chicago oh, gets back in. I know, but they're four points, and I'm saying Colorado's trailing by three over Arizona. So I'm going to throw – I said two teams, but i got to throw Chicago in there because of the turnaround second half with the new interim coach. I would love to see Chicago get back in just for the sake no. of – I know we got a lot of fans in Chicago. Obviously, it would make Zito happy. You know, he's Very a big happy. Hawks guy. Big Hawks guy. But uh, and plus, I mean, I love hearing Chelsea Dagger come playoff time. But I just don't think they're getting in. I would like to see Arizona get in. I like uh, what the kids doing. John Chica, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Twenty, he was twenty six years old as a GM mm-hmm. when he was hired out there in Arizona. Right. So I'd like to see things work uh, for them. They've been through a lot. Let's throw them a bone here. I'm saying, give it to me. Arizona gets in. Chicago. I mean, I know I buried you guys, but I'm kind of there's a funny way that I'm like, you know, punching myself in the face, saying somehow, some way, sneak in because I like hot teams going into the playoffs. I'm going to go to the East right now. Montreal, right on the bubble. Philadelphia. Five points behind. Let's stick with those two teams. Any chance that you see this flyer team squeaking in? I don't think so. I think they're I think they're too far out. Obviously, five points in 12 games is doable, but you got to look at the teams above them and you need them to lose. And Columbus right now is in the fight for their lives. I think they're tied with Montreal, right. but uh, they have the tiebreaker, so they're in the wild card. Columbus, spot. you had better make the oh, playoffs man. with the moves that you guys did two weeks ago. You had better. Right now, you're in. But I'm telling you what, with 10, 12 games left. Left, look out because Columbus, you're not making those moves and not making the playoffs. Whoever the GM is up there, help me out. I'm saying the Yarmo whole city. Kikalainen. Well, Kikalainen, the whole city of Columbus will be laughing at you if this team doesn't get I mean, in. that's tough, too, because the moves they made, it's not just about going. It's it's literally do or die this season. Yes. You know, Artemi Pernarin's not staying there. I have a hard time seeing Duchesne resigning there if they don't make the playoffs this year. You know, they're transitioning. they got to move on from Bobrovsky this offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some options there. But I, I don't know a lot about Let's the just depth go right behind now. Just them. give me it right now, Nick. I'm throwing it to you right now. We're going to ask you the same question next week. Montreal or Columbus? All right. So to uh, tie this full circle into the point I made at the beginning of the show, uh, teams I've been burying mm-hmm. and states, in particular Ohio, I've been hard on recently, <laughs> have seemed to have some good fortune and positive luck. And Columbus didn't mesh right away with the players they got at the deadline. It took a little bit, but they're starting to figure it out. I think Columbus gets it done. And Montreal, I just don't I just don't see it. They're another team kind of like we mentioned with Arizona or I'm sorry, Minnesota, where they don't have the super high end talent. They're more of a team the parts are bigger than the sum of their whole. I'm terrible with these expressions, You're good, but you though. know what I'm You're, saying. We get it. Man. You're good. Uh, Carey Price is basically the guy there, and they have no real offensive juggernaut. They're relying on a bunch of little guys, little fast guys, to get it done. I like Columbus to get in, and then uh, Columbus. Good luck when My. you get in, and you got to take on. I can't wait, man. This a fucking steamroller, and maybe the Tampa Bay Lightning. Look out and good luck. And speaking of this, I want to I want to end on this. My wings are dead. So yeah. my second favorite team, I lived in Nashville for five years, the Predators. I'm going to ask you from here on out, from here on out, week in and week out, percentage you give the Nashville Predators for hoisting the Stanley Cup. Percentage, Nick. I, I bet it'll change over the next three weeks. What? Okay. So I'm, I'm going to go percentage to hoist the Stanley Cup. To win I was going to say just come out of the West. I like them to come out of the West, but I don't know, man. I'm maybe – 20%, 15%. All right, I'll take it. I really like that Nashville team, but the West is so deep. There's so many good teams right now. Vegas looks so damn good, especially after getting Mark Stone and what he's done to help with their lineup. 
Uh, basically, you get a guy like that, and it bumps a couple players down, yep. and your depth is just through the roof right there. And then, uh, fuck, Winnipeg is just as good as they are Quietly, last. They were last yeah. year, if not better. So Calgary, good we don't luck. talk a lot about Calgary, we but don't. they are rolling. They just pounded New Jersey the other night, nine to four. It's going to be tough, man. The West is going to be a bloodbath. You look at the East, and it's basically Tampa Bay's playground, right? Mm-hmm. But they've had trouble in the playoffs in the past, getting yeah, past Pittsburgh, getting past Washington. So until they're able to do that and prove to me that they can they can take out the big boys in the East, it's still Washington or Pittsburgh's conference, I think. But Boston, too, just went through a stretch where they didn't lose in regulation for over a month. A couple ugly back-to-back losses to Pittsburgh and Columbus, but I think they're going to be okay. So... Jump are, in. Boys. Jump in on this pre-playoff race, whatever you want to call it, but jump in because it's almost like playoff hockey with about two and a half, three weeks left in the regular oh, season. Oh yeah, the pace is up. I uh, mean, it's the- almost like it, but then the real. I mean, the race will start in about three weeks from now. But I'm telling you what, I'm I'm jacked up right now just to find out who gets in the show. This is honestly, it's the best time of year to be a hockey fan. The weather's going to start to turn. The sun's going to come out. You're going to go outside on your front porch, drink a couple beers. Uh, take the TV out there, post up, <laughs> go, watch some goddamn playoff hockey oh, with the sun shining and cracking some cold ones. All right, that's all for us. Okay, we'll here we back. go. We'll uh, be back. We missed AQ today, but we'll get them on another time. Thank you so much for rocking with us from Gorman, Zito, myself, and uh, our missing buddy AQ. Thanks for rocking with us. And that's Hockey Talk. <laughs>